Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And this week's show is all about the 2022 FIFA World Cup. As we take a look at Africa's chances, we ask: Can the continent go further than the quarterfinals this time? Also, we go to Morocco and assess the Atlas Lions squad. Why not uh, another African team to go further in this competition? Why not to repeat what Ghana did so far in the World Cup? That's coming up later. Also, we ask: Who is likely to take the trophy? And before we get into the World Cup action, a congratulations to AS Far of Morocco, winning the second edition of the CAF Women's Champions League. They beat Mamelodi Sundowns ladies of South Africa 4-0 in the final, as they made it a victory for the host nation. And an impressive performance from AS Far, as Mamelodi Sundowns ladies were the defending champions. Right then, so the World Cup is here at a very unusual time of the year.、Uh, Qatar were the surprise hosts for the 2022 edition. They were awarded the hosting back in 2010、uh, amid much controversy as a small country with little footballing history. Now, because of the extreme temperatures in Qatar in the summer, the tournament was moved from the usual June and July to November, December.、Uh, there still will be pretty high temperatures in the high twenties, maybe as high as thirty degrees. And、uh, now, Stuart, you've been to Qatar many times yourself.、Uh, tell us about the country. Well, Steve, Qatar was a surprising choice to host the World Cup for several reasons. Not least, it's a tiny country. I mean, the last three countries to host the World Cup were Russia, with a population of 140 million; Brazil, 200 million; South Africa, 60 million; and Qatar has 2.6 million people. Qatar is 160 kilometers long by 100 kilometers wide. Now, I believe that the Gambia is the smallest country in the African mainland. And in terms of size and population, Gambia and Qatar are almost identical. But Qatar punches well above its weight because of its massive oil and gas resources. But another unusual aspect of Qatar is that only three hundred thousand of the population are actually Qatari, with over two million Africans and Asians mainly who work there, live there, and send money home to their families. And I remember once watching a five-kilometer athletics race in Qatar, where it seemed that most of the crowd were Kenyans or Ethiopians cheering on their heroes. I've worked at several athletics events in Qatar, and they're always well organised. The people are friendly and helpful. I mean, to some extent, they recognise that I am a foreign journalist, and they want me to write nice things about the event in the country. And during one of my visits, I met Sheikha Asma. Althani, a member of the Qatari royal family, who at that stage was also director of marketing for the Olympic Committee, and she told me Qatar is passionate about sport. We love the way sport can change communities and change societies. We love sport breaking down boundaries, and that is the reason we like to host sports events. We want people to witness and experience these events in Doha. 
So for Qatar, hosting the World Cup is partly about using the resources to put a small country on the world sporting map. And uh, Stuart, no doubt about it, Qatar has been a controversial host nation for the FIFA World Cup. And uh, part of the controversy uh, is that uh, it can't really be called a football country at all. Well, indeed, that's another reason why it was a strange country, because it's ranked 50th in the world. It's not a football country. It's never come close to qualifying for the World Cup. But Sepp Blatter, then president of FIFA, said that he wanted the World Cup to go to all parts of the world. It has to be said that there were allegations that the process to select Qatar involved corruption and bribery, and in fact Blatter and several members of the FIFA committee were dismissed from their positions and some faced corruption charges. Ironically, Blatter recently said that he now feels that taking the World Cup to Qatar was a big mistake. Hmm. But going back to Qatar's wealth, seven of the eight World Cup stadiums have been built from scratch just for the World Cup. The country has also built in Doha a new underground railway network to get fans to the games. But again, it has to be said, there has been a lot of concern at the number of foreign construction workers who have lost their lives during the construction process. Qatar again disputes some of the numbers. Now, Qatar are in Group A with Senegal, Netherlands and Ecuador from South America. And frankly, they will be lucky not to lose all the three games. Their team coach is Felix Sanchez from Spain, who was a youth coach at Barcelona for 10 years and has been in Qatar since 2006. He started off coaching at the youth academy, then the under-19s, then the under-23s, and then in 2017 he became manager of the national team. Qatar is also a Muslim country. And that's the first time the World Cup has been held in a Muslim country. And that presents some challenges for fans who like a beer after the game. Now, alcohol will be available, but only in specific locations. There will be fan parks and hotel bars where fans can drink. But in public, they will be expected to respect the culture of the country. So a lot of uh, different things this time. And you've been to four World Cups, uh, Stuart. Uh, What do you think it will be like? And uh, one thing also uh, to note is how close together all the different venues are. Well, I I did, Steve. As you say, I've been to the 2002 World Cup Japan-Korea, 2006 Germany, 2010 South Africa, 2014 Brazil. Now, during the 2014 World Cup, we were based in Rio Janeiro. And I was offered a ticket to watch England in Manaus. I was really excited until I discovered that Manaus was 4,000 kilometres from Rio. And there were similar distances between venues in Russia. In Germany, Hamburg to Munich is 800 kilometres. And in South Africa, I was in Cape Town with the nearest other host city, uh, Port Elizabeth, again, 800 kilometres away. So, in contrast, the World Cup in Qatar is being held in a small country, and if you are actually in the middle of Doha, the capital, all eight stadiums are within an hour's travel of where you're standing. So that means it's quite possible for a fan to watch two games in a day, and it certainly restricts the travel and complications for a fan wanting to watch all their country's games. So, you know, that 
That is a positive. Hotel accommodation is a challenge in a small country, and one of the creative solutions is that some fans will sleep in cruise ships moored in the Gulf. But again, one of the criticisms among fans is that because Qatar is not a holiday destination, there's very little to do other than watch the football. And certainly in my seven visits to Qatar, I've done very little other than uh, visit the Museum of Muslim History and gone shopping in the enormous bazaar, the Souk. So there, I have heard that some fans with tickets have decided not to come because the football would be fine, but what do you do the rest of the time? And returning again to the money-no-object approach to sport in the country, I attended the World Athletics Championships in 2019. Beforehand, there was concern about the temperature for athletes and spectators. And the solution was simple, Steve. External air conditioning, which blew cool air around the stadium. It was certainly effective. The environmental effects, well, that's another story, I'm afraid. Well, indeed, and thanks for all of that background. Uh, thanks, Stuart. Stay with us. Next, here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, we go to Morocco. And the Atlas Lions went out at the group stage in 2018, but uh, they did play well and impressed uh, quite a lot of fans. I spoke to our man in Casablanca, Jalal Bonnois, about the squad and about the hopes there in Morocco. Well, uh, you know, it's our second uh, consecutive World Cup and Moroccan fans are all talking about uh, uh, this big, big football event and uh, the latest squad of the national team announced by uh, coach Walid Regragi, another World Cup uh, and uh, with a Moroccan coach, that's what is important and uh, a qu- quality players, quality players. So we are really here in Morocco optimistic concerning this FIFA World Cup, despite playing in a tough group uh, um, uh, with Belgium, one of the best football teams in the world, and also uh, uh, the finalists of the last uh, FIFA World Cup edition, uh, Croatia, and also uh, the North Af- North American team of Canada. But you know football is 90 minutes, and I think Moroccans, they believe in this. We are facing uh, very, very good and strong squads, but we have also quality players as well. Uh, remembering the previous uh, FIFA uh, World Cup, we lost 1-0 to Portugal in a game that we were the best. And also we had a draw with with Spain and we played very well despite um, being eliminated in the first group. But this World Cup, we believe that like we are playing in Morocco because we are playing the World Cup in Qatar and Qatar is an Arab country. So the atmosphere looks like Moroccan atmosphere and we are there, inshallah, why not, to, to, to make noise. And uh, like you say, Morocco played well at the World Cup in 2018. Uh, would you say that they've built on that for the 2022 edition? Yeah, to be honest with you, the Moroccan Football Federation has provided all the necessary uh, support, uh, financially speaking, in terms of logistics, uh, to the to the Moroccan, uh, uh, I mean the technical staff, so that they can they can uh, play a very good World Cup and represent not only Morocco but African football in this big event. So I think 
uh, with the exists with the presence of very very good players and uh, uh, the, the 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 work that Morocco has been doing to develop uh, Moroccan football. We have we can see in this squad that about nine players who have started their careers in Morocco. I mean playing in Moroccan Moroccan uh, football teams and then they went to Europe. Now they are playing this World Cup with the national team. Big big efforts have been made here in Morocco and why not and also convincing. Moroccan players who who were born in Europe to play for the national team. We now we can see we are op- optimistic because uh, we can see that there is a big mixture between uh, Moroccan players who were born in Europe and players who have started their careers from the Moroccan league and now they are playing also in Europe. So many so many players and uh, we are optimistic because we have names. We have very good players. We have Amin Harit uh, who plays uh, uh, for Marseille in France, one of the best players in the French league. We have also, you know, Ashraf Hakimi, Paris Saint-Germain. We have Moussaïr Mizrawi who plays for uh, Bayern München and 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 uh, Hakim Zayek, one of the best Moroccan players. Even if Zayek does not play for Chelsea, does not play a lot, but when he is at the national team, let me tell you that our attacking style relies on him. Our attacking style is based on Hakim Zayek's, uh, Hakim Zayek's drivers and, and key passes. And uh, let me tell you also that there are some names to watch in this World Cup. I mean, Moroccan uh, names, Moroccan talented new players, uh, Sabiri of Sampdoria, Abdi who is Abdi Zalzouli, who is uh, who plays for Barca and now on loan to Sasona. Abdurazak Hamdallah, one uh, the, the the top scorer of the Saudi League last season, is back to the Moroccan squad and everybody is 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 waiting to see Abdullah leading the, the, the forward line, the attacking line of the national team. So I think why not uh, another African team to go further in this competition? Why not to repeat what Ghana did so far in the World Cup by reaching the quarter-final. Well, speaking there to Planet Sport Football Africa's Jalal Bonwa in Casablanca in Morocco. Uh, so, Ida, it's a good-looking Morocco squad. Uh, do you share the optimism of their fans? They are quite optimistic, aren't they, Steve? And uh, lots of murmurs about Morocco possibly being the dark horse of the tournament. Well, this is the sixth time that the Atlas Lions will be taking part. Their best performance was in 1986. That was when they got to the last 16. However, before their 2018 comeback, they'd failed to qualify for four straight World Cups. Steve, that's 24 years since they tasted victory at this global stage. Because remember, they claimed only a point that was in Russia four years ago. It's safe to say that Moroccan football has gone through a lot in that last World Cup cycle. And majority of it has been positive, you know. So many gains made and one would assume that those gains have filtered into the national team. Vahid Halilhojic out and uh, perhaps one of the unluckiest coaches in football because it was the third time he has taken a country to a World Cup but left his post before the start of the tournament. And uh, Walid Regragi in. So Regragi Steve is the first Moroccan coach for the Atlas Lions in about six years. 
And look, he's done well in different leagues. I mean, he won in Morocco. He won in Qatar. He won the CAF Champions League as well with Widad Casablanca. And with Regragi has come Chelsea Moroccan star Hakim Ziyech, who had fallen out with the previous coach, as many know. He had retired from international football and basically exiled from the team for the last year and couple of months. Steve, add to that the likes of PSG's Ashraf Hakimi, and these two basically highlight the team that carries the hopes of a nation. Jalal there, well, he mentioned the team hopefully being buoyed by that similar Arab culture in Qatar. And the two countries actually enjoy a really cordial relationship, Steve, and have been known to help each other out on matters international relations and diplomacy before. And uh, there's a connection as well between Morocco and Belgium who face off in the group. And it's a connection, Steve, that the Red Devils coach Roberto Martinez pointed out. Now, Martinez correctly observed that there are about five or six Moroccan players who were actually born in Belgium. And it's true that there is a heavy link, you know, between some of the North African countries and some of the European nations. Belgium is the world's second best team, according to FIFA rankings, and Morocco also share the group with 2018 World Cup runners-up Croatia, who we know can never be underestimated, as well as Canada. So Morocco's friendly on Thursday against Georgia was their last action on the pitch before the World Cup, Steve. So let's see how it goes. Yes, sure. Well, thanks, Ida. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. The show's all about the FIFA World Cup uh, this week, and are still to come, Stuart, on who might win the tournament, and Ida on Africa's chances. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Now to social media. Last week on the show we asked, how far do you think Africa can get at this edition of the World Cup? Africa's best World Cup performances are quarter-final appearances from Cameroon in 1990, from Senegal in 2002, and from Ghana in 2010. So we asked, which African team do you think will get the furthest this time, and how far can they get? Uh, Bear in mind as well that all of the African teams went out at the group stage last time in 2018. Uh, That was a worst-ever performance from the continent. Well, Senegal are the team that seem to carry the highest hopes from fans around the continent. Uh, Tasco and Bonisse in Botswana says Senegal to the semi-finals. And Kagami Richard in Rwanda also says Senegal to get through to the last four. And Wana Ubaha says Senegal will surprise the world. I'm a Nigerian myself, says Anwana. And Di Ostino and Dutek says Senegal will do better of all the African teams. In Nigeria, Obari Eru Isaac says Senegal will bring the trophy home. And in DR Congo, Celestine Lumana says, I'm Congolese. I'm wishing all the best to Senegal in Qatar. Abdullahi Alimami Turai says, I'm from Sierra Leone. I think Senegal will go through to the final and play Brazil there. And Frederick Pitiat Lodu says, I'm from South Sudan. I think Senegal can reach the semi-finals. 
But on the other hand, Kennedy Kimby says there's too much confidence being pinned on Senegal. Just because they won the nation's cup, don't be surprised if they make an early exit at the World Cup. Uh, Rufus C. W. Shelton in Liberia says Senegal and Ghana will go the furthest, and Robinson Robert Oko in Nigeria says Ghana and Cameroon will go furthest of the African nations. Uh, Habi Ebu Bangura says, "I'm from Sierra Leone. I think it'll be Ghana. I can see how determined and hungry their players are leading up to the World Cup." And a King Douglas Arken in Ghana says, "Ghana will go all the way." Uh, Chongwan Blasius in Ghana says, "African countries are always lazy at the World Cup, but Ghana, to me, they're a lucky team, especially as they can go far because of luck with penalties. So they can make it this time," uh, says Blas. Asias. Uh, Michael Oting, also in Ghana, says that、uh, we can go all the way. And Akari Vincent in Kenya says Ghana will face Argentina in the final. The Black Stars will beat Messi in the final, says Akari.、Uh, Boateng Prince in Cameroon says Cameroon will make it to the semi-finals. And also supporting the Indomitable Lions is Sideko Suno in the Gambia,、uh, saying Cameroon can go well given the current form of their players like Eric Maxim Chopu-Moting. Belong Baji also in the Gambia says that there are differences in terms of levels when we talk of global football, but I think Cameroon can reach the semi-finals if they use their experience. They can make history, says Belong. Uh, then, however, on a pessimistic note, Mom's son in Zimbabwe says African football is very down for now. I think nothing is going to happen for Africa. And Nwaku Lotana Eric in Nigeria says if any African team has the chance to make it out of the group stage, it's only Senegal, and then they won't get past the round of 16, says Eric. Uh, Morocco got a few mentions, and Som Jude To says Morocco to reach the semi-finals, and Akela Boga Sebapeng in Botswana says Morocco can go to the semis, and Fernandez Nishida in DR Congo says Senegal and Morocco will make it to the final. Uh, John John in Nigeria is feeling optimistic too, saying, "Let Africa unite!" Like the King of Reggae Bob Marley song, and an African team will go far in this tournament in Qatar, says John. And finally, Mamadou Jara in Cape Verde says, "All of my heart is with the African teams. You can do it. Believe in yourselves," says Mamadou. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. So, plenty of hopes ahead of the tournament for Africa.、Um, so, Ida, what's your verdict and your expectations from the five African teams in Qatar? Well, Steve, the African teams are in particularly tough groups. I mean, we've just talked about Morocco in a group with the likes of, you know, world number two Belgium, the World Cup runners-up in 2018 Croatia. Uh, Senegal perhaps in a group that, on paper, and on paper being the key term here, because we know that things on the ground are often very different, you know. But that on paper, that group does look easiest, you know, the likes of hosts Qatar, Ecuador, and the Netherlands. But don't forget that their captain Sadio Mane is a major doubt for the World Cup, and actually didn't travel with the first contingent to Qatar. Tunisia in it with the likes of defending champions France. We've talked about Ghana and Cameroon recently. I mean, even many of the Ghanaian fans, according to what we heard, don't have hope in the Black Stars. 
Steve, if we base this on last time's overall African performance, you know, where all teams crashed out in the group stage, look, then even one team getting to the last 16 would be progress. However, you know, we don't want to set the bar that low. On a realistic note, I think two teams getting to the last 16 and then one to the quarters maybe would signify an improvement. Steve, of course, beyond this, there's a much deeper conversation on the circumstances and the variables, you know, surrounding Africa's poor performance at the World Cup. But that would need much, much more time. (laughs) Beyond what I'm saying to the semifinals, maybe, well, that would rewrite history. And look, I would love for that to happen, but honestly doubt that it will this time round. But on this one, Steve, I'd love to be wrong. Yeah, sure. I think it won't be easy for the African teams. I'm hoping that uh, maybe two of them can get uh, out of the group stage and into the round of 16 and maybe one of them to the quarterfinals. I do like the Ghana squad, despite that disappointing Africa Cup of Nations performance. And uh, certainly Senegal uh, look like they're a team with a plenty of quality players. Well, thanks, Ida. Let's get a final word and go back to Stuart Weir. Uh, Stuart, uh, who do you think might end up taking the World Cup trophy? Steve, it looks incredibly open to me. You know, the World Cup's been going for just under 100 years and there have only been eight winners. Brazil has won it five times, but not in the last 20 years. Germany has won it four times. So have Italy. But Italy haven't even qualified this time. France are the holders. That was their second win. Argentina have won it twice, but not since the days of Maradona. And Uruguay have won it twice, but golly, that's going back to 1950. The other two winners, England and Spain. Brazil are top of the FIFA ranking. And the Brazil squad is very familiar to Premier League fans with 12 of their 26 players currently playing for Premier League clubs. That's further evidence of the increasing presence of Brazilian players in the Premier League. Now, we've got Casemiro, Anthony and Fred from Manchester United, Martinelli and Jesus from Arsenal, Alisson and Fabinho from Liverpool, Ricarlison, Tottenham, Ederson, Manchester City. So Alisson and Ederson, the two Premier League goalkeepers fighting for one spot. Bruno Guimaraes at Newcastle, Lucas Paqueta, West Ham, and would you believe it, Thiago Silva of Chelsea, 38 years old. There are three from Juventus, three from Real Madrid, and only three of the 26 play in Brazil. Brazil is good, but they don't have a Pele, a Kaká. And I just think that Neymar has never quite fulfilled his potential. So I don't know whether Brazil can win it. Now, looking at the FIFA rankings, Belgium are second. But they've been top for several years as well. They've got some great individual players, but they've never really gelled sufficiently to reach a, a final of a World Cup or even a final of the European Championship. And in the recent European Nations League, Belgium won only three of their six games. France, the World Cup holders, had a disaster winning only one of their six games. And England, remarkably, for some reason, ranked five in the world. And in the Europa Nations, they didn't win any of their games. Spain are ranked seventh. They've won three of the six. So really, none of the top European teams are going into the World Cup with a lot of form behind them. 
Argentina are ranked three in the world, but they haven't come close to winning a World Cup in recent history. And at 35, Messi is simply not the player that he was. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the African countries going really quite far, even if they don't win it. But again, as we've mentioned a few times, the fact that the World Cup is being held mid-season with players in the European leagues having played several more games at this stage than normal, and then they're going straight from club to country without any time to acclimatise or play warm-up games. You know, it adds to the feeling that there's no clear favourite and that this year's World Cup is wide open. Yeah, that certainly could be a factor. Uh, thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, wishing the African teams all the best in Qatar. Uh, do check out the Planet Sport Football Africa social media on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, and also on Instagram. Uh, Planet Sport Football Africa will have uh, plenty of updates for you uh, throughout the FIFA World Cup. And also in place of our weekly question, you can feel free to WhatsApp us any time during the World Cup with your views and your comments. That's on the games, on the stories, on the controversies. We'll be reading some of the comments on the show. That's on WhatsApp on plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Also on our Facebook page, we'll be posting on the big stories during the World Cup and asking for your views. That's on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.